Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this and I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. There's sweet anointing. last week read the scripture where the Lord said I will give you rest and he pointed us to where that rest will be 
every Sunday morning, keeping the Sabbath day holy, we will find rest in our worship. God says we will find rest in our worship. Pray with me, please. Almighty and everlasting God, how we thank you for your presence in this place. Rest in me and on me, over me, under me, and around me. Fill me with a fresh anointing of your spirit. Let not your children leave hungry because there was no word and so allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. For you are my strength. And you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray it. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Oh, you can give the Lord a hand, praise. He's so worthy. As we continue our emphasis on the power of worship, come with us now to the Psalms. All of the Psalms are about worshiping God, needing Him. Let's go to Psalm number 100 for today. Psalm number 100. Let us stand out of, if we're able, reverence for God's holy and powerful and living word. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Some translations will say in verse 2, Worship the Lord with gladness. Mine today, another translation will say, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and we are the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all 
generation. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Smile at someone this morning. I always say smile because that's also setting the stage for the word to come forth. <laughs> Amen. Now say to yourself, say self. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As we look at our scripture lesson today, let us begin with some of the history or the setting in which we find the word of God. Imagine with me now that you are one of the Jews in our text who lived in the ancient near Near East, the time was one of the, the Jewish annual feast. The celebration time had, had come. You made the journey from where you lived to miles away to the holy city of Jerusalem in obedience to the Torah, the word of God. Your ultimate destination is the temple or the church. <laughs> Your purpose in going to the temple was to worship, to worship. That was the first thing, to worship. And your enthusiasm is thanksgiving for all that God has done for you and your people. You leave home focused, oh, glory to God. You leave home determined and expectant. However, say however, however, something happened. Along the way, oh, you have an idea what I'm talking about. Your mind is set on going to church. Many times, something can happen. You see, they were dealing with things. The journey was long and the sun was hot. The road was dusty and rocky and the animals that they were bringing to sacrifice to God for their sins were giving them all kind of trouble. And so, and so the people are traveling frustrated, tired, weary. And I'll say it again. Yeah, you left home focused. But now some of y'all, some of y'all are in here right now, frustrated, and you ask yourself, why did I even leave home? <laughs> God takes us through that. May I confess to you this morning that 
everything in the word of God is happening for me in my spirit today. May, may, I, just, may I just confess to you? I didn't even want to come to church this morning. Can I just confess to you? This has been such a rough kind of two weeks. Have, have some of you just felt um, a pressure on you recently, just, just trying to hold you down and, and keep you down and weary and tired and frustrated? Have you, have you felt that spirit lurking over us? I didn't want to come. I, I got back in the bed. The Lord reminded me. You girl, you got to get up now. You the preacher. Come on now. <laughs> come on now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, my child, my beloved. I promise you when you get to worship, I will be there. The people were frustrated. Some of them even thought about turning around and going back home. But what they thought to themselves was, one, you just have to be obedient no matter how you feel. Somebody say amen. You, you got to do what God says do. It ain't about how you feel. You got to do what God says do, whether you want to or not, because when God says do it and you do it, you will be blessed. <laughs> and so they kept going. Some of them said, I got this far, I might as well keep going. But the closer they got to Jerusalem, the holy city, the closer they got, they heard a noise. They heard a, they heard a joyful, beautiful, harmonious noise. <laughs> as, as they reach the gates of the city, they see the source of the joyful noise. It was the choir greeting them in song. You see, when I speak about the order of worship, the order comes right from the word of God. And so we, we have to be careful to keep it in order so that God will be happy. So, so that God won't decide to walk out. So that the presence of God will come in this place and not just come, but stay. Somebody said amen, amen, amen. So music has always been important in the church, always. The worst thing a pastor can experience is not to have a music team who feels their spirit. Music and the word, they, they go together. So I heard the choir, and, and, and as they heard the words of the songs, they began to refocus. 
Thank you, choir. They began to refocus. That's what praise time does for us with the music. It gets us to, to refocus. Music softens our hearts. Mm. Music opens our heart to receive the spirit of Almighty God. Music sets the stage for the word to come forth. That's why before a preacher preaches, there's always music before the word. Music gets rid of all kind of evil spirits. It's in, it's in the word. They heard. They heard the choir singing. And so we read Psalm 100 is known as a call to worship. You see how everything comes out of the word of God? You got a call to worship. Why do we need one? Because we have too many things on our mind today. There's too much stuff going on. We need to be called, focused into worship. And so... Beloved, Psalm 100 issues a twofold call to worship. First, in verses 1 through 3, we are commanded or told or ordered to be joyful. What do they sing today? I command my soul. See, you can't expect your body to just work on its own. The body don't want to do nothing. It don't want to get up. It don't want to go to work and all. The body be tired. The body... If you listen to your body every day, nothing would get done. Somebody say amen. I got to command my body to be joyful. Up in here, I'm going to smile at somebody whether I feel like it or not. One thing, something about the body. Did you know that even if you laugh when you all by yourself, if you laugh, the body can't tell the difference if it's good, if it's real or not real. The body responses positively even if you just laugh. Do you know when you smile makes a big difference? You have to make your body. You have to make your body. It says... Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Praise God. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Beloved, these verses also tell us how to be joyful. Look at your neighbor say, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, well. In verse 1 and 2, we are told to worship joyfully. Well, what does that look like to have joy in the Lord? Well, the first thing the text says is to shout. Do you know... Have you ever felt like hollering? Just holler. Not, not hollering. Yelling, hollering. Do you know that psychiatrists are now taking people up on a mountain and charging them money and say to them, just holler. Shout. 
is a place where you can shout. That's how our ancestors made it over. They shouted. They would shout it out on a Sunday morning. Instead of screaming at your children and your husband and your friend, everybody. <laughs> shout it out on Sunday morning. Let it go. The Bible says we ought to shout to the Lord. All the earth, isn't that what your mother told you? Your mother said if somebody does something good for you, what is the one thing we all said if somebody did something about you? Now, what do you say? What do you say? Thank you. Shout it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Then verses 2 says, serve. That's, that's the word we're going to use, serve. Serve. We got to look at service a different way because in the word of God today, Serve and worship are synonymous. <laughs> That's why some of your, your Bibles say worship. Other translations say, say serve. Because we have to look at service in a different way. To serve the Lord is to worship the Lord. Ooh. I'm not talking about lip service. Anybody can act spiritual for 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. Amen, amen, amen. But real worship of a God extends into all that we do. Romans 12 and 1 says, in the light of the mercies of God, you should present your body as a sacrifice that lives holy and acceptable and pleasing to God, which is the least you can do in the light of all that God has done for you. You know what? We ought to count it a privilege to serve the Lord. And serving the Lord is just not when you come to church. We got to look at service a different way. I don't know how you feel, but at this stage in my life, I don't care where God puts me on the field. I just don't want God to bench me. And so as a Christian, we need to look at everything we do as service unto the Lord. Our jobs, service unto the Lord. Look at it that way. Our relationships, service unto the Lord. Our money, service unto the Lord. Raising our children and our grandchildren, service unto the Lord. And we are to serve with gladness. Wouldn't it be something if you go to your job tomorrow and just smile at everybody because in your mind you're going, I need to touch somebody with God's spirit today because this is service unto the Lord. Even if you work as a trash person, that is service unto the Lord. Do you know what would happen if somebody didn't take the trash out? We'd all die. Of diseases. Stop trying to make what you do better than somebody else. Everything, all the earth, whatever is done as a Christian ought to be done unto the Lord. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's not about me. It's all about him. Okay, so 
the command of the second part of the verse said, Beloved, this is a divine invitation. God invites us to come to worship him. God, God wants us to worship him. God, God wants our presence. He wants to fellowship with us. God wants to be in relationship with us. That's why I don't care about being left out of some things that people do. That's fine. I don't want to go to the White House. No way. I want to go to church. I got an invitation to Pacoma First United Methodist Church on Sunday morning. That's good enough for me. Don't invite me to your party. I got an invitation. I got somewhere to go. Child of God, when you woke up this morning, the living God was speaking to your heart. He was saying, come into my presence. Come, God says, come into my presence. But then God further goes further by telling us how he wants us to come. See, you know what? We will go buy a gown for the prom, get a tuxedo for the prom. My parents used to have parties a lot. You know, they were happy back then. Back in the day, they happy to have parties. And one kind of party was come as you are. So somebody would come and pick you up just as you are and take you to the party. But God says, I want you at my party on a Sunday morning. The party where the Holy Ghost comes. God says, but you got to come a certain way now. You, you, got, you just can't walk up in my house any kind of way. You can't. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. You got to come, you know, with a little respect. Don't, don't do anything that would take your mind off of the Lord. <laughs> That's why every preacher ought to wear a robe. You know, I'm a woman. I don't want nobody looking at my body, taking their mind off of God. <laughs> and men pastors ought to do the same thing. Wear the priestly garment. Cover up your body. And so God says, when you come into my presence, come in singing. Come in singing. And God doesn't even care if you can sing. We blessed here because we have wonderful voices and wonderful music director, wonderful musicians. We blessed. Because I'm telling you, if you're going to be with Hope Carr and you can't sing, you're going to sing when she get through with you. <laughs> Am I right about it? Hope say, can you talk? And when I get through with you, you're going to sing. Listen, when the choir leads us in praise, they're not here to entertain us. They are, they are encouraging us to join in the praises of a living God. God wants us to open our mouths and sing praises to him. Lord, our children know all that jump on the radio. I know church songs because I grew up hearing church songs. You need to get serious and put it on your Pandora work too. <laughs> put it in your car and play it all the time. That's all I listen to. 
when my kids get in the car, they know they got to listen to gospel music because it's my car. Look at your neighbor and say, don't let somebody else do your praising for you. And so in verse 3, the word of God says, know that the Lord is God. Here's another command in verse 3. It's a command to know. Verse 1 and 2 say if we're going to worship correctly, we must feel something, joy, gladness, and a heart that has a song. Now verse 3 says that worship is just about feeling. We need to know something. To worship someone means to acknowledge the value or the worth or the greatness or the awesomeness of that someone. The question this morning is, how can you acknowledge the worth of someone if you don't know who that person is? Coming to church all your life doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. Some churches are not word churches. They just like the music by itself. They don't want the word. And if you don't know the words, you don't know who you come to worship. Because God will tell you who he is. Only in his word. Somebody say word. Word, word. We want to be a word church. <laughs> but the question this morning is, how can you give worth to a being that you don't know? The verse says that if we are going to worship God right, we need to first know who God is. And it means more than just to say you know. It means to act like you know who God is. Act like you know who God is. That's why I'm here this morning. I don't play with God like that. If God say, get up, girl, I get up. I ain't know. I tell you all the time, I come from that generation who knew how to say yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. It just prepares the generation to obey God. We belong to God. The word of God says it is he who made us. And not we ourselves. We belong to God because God created us. We do not make, we make ourselves. It's God who made us and God doesn't make any junk. Stop talking about people. God don't make no junk. Every time you talk about something God created, you're talking about God. There's no such thing as a self-made person or a person who pulls themselves up by their own bootstraps. Some people don't even have no boots. <laughs> and nowadays, if they wear boots, they don't even tie them up. We belong to God. And that is good news, good news, good news, good news. Because God takes care of who and what belongs to him. Oh, it's wonderful to have people who love you. God, that's a wonderful thing for people who care about you. But there are some things that the people who love you can't fix for you. And it wears them out that you would even expect them to. Sometimes the only fix you can get that will last for eternity is what God will do for you. The scripture continues by saying that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He compares us to sheep. Sheep. 
Oh, animal don't even know how to do nothing. Not die, not die, nothing, nothing. Don't know how to do nothing. They're not that smart. And compared to God, we are not either. That's the point. They need a shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. We are God's sheep. And he is our shepherd. Therefore, the image of God is the shepherd and humanity, the sheep. You know Psalm 23. Sometimes you just need to read it for yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Then verses 4 and 5 say, enter into his gate, that's his church now, with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his holy name. Here again we find God inviting us into his presence, inviting us into his house, and here we go again with doing things God's way. All I have to tell you, I said it last Sunday, I love to worship. So whenever I come to worship, no matter how I come, I always, now if it's real worship, I always leave better than I came. Because worship, true worship, heals and restores and regenerates and renews and refills. Enter his gates with thanks. You know how we enter worship sometimes. Sometimes we come to worship down and frustrated and mad. We drag into worship. We sit up in here with an attitude, our arms folded, waiting on something to happen to get us in the mood to praise the Lord. Are you listening to the word this morning? The word is telling us that we should not come to worship and then decide if we're going to feel like worshiping. The minute I went in my office and put this robe on, it was answered, oh, you're you going to worship. You're going you gonna to worship. Oh, yeah, you're going to go in there ready to worship. We don't need a worship leader, a choir, a musician, a preacher, a literate, a pastor, a prayer, a mood music, or a pep squad. Somebody needs to hear me. We should not need any of that because we need to be able to come into worship and praise on the inside. See, if you're a praiser, hearing the praise and getting into the music, I love music, getting into the music itself will heal you. That's why there were tears flowing today. The presence of God came into this place. You might not holler, but you're going to do something when the presence of God comes in. Something happens on the inside of us. There's a story about a woman, as I close, who came to church. And every week she came with a smile on her face and joy in her demeanor. But the thing about this woman is that she prayed the same prayer. That, you know, she, every Sunday she prayed the, the same prayer. And the prayer said, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Finally, somebody could say, why do you pray that? Same little prayer all of the time. 
The woman said, well, well, I'm just combining two prayers that I know work. <laughs> Say, oh, Lord, it works. Say, thank you, Jesus, it works. She said, because, you know what, you know what she said, see, I live in a bad neighborhood, and some nights, oh, I can't remember when I was in Compton with my children, they still remember us going to the floor. <laughs> oh, Jesus. When the rain of bullets would come. She said, there are bullets flying everywhere. I have to grab my daughter and hide on the floor. And when I'm in that desperate position, she said, I just cry out, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Just oh, when I wake up in the morning and see that we're okay, I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. She said, she said, and you know what? I have to put my child on a school bus every day. They take her far away from the house. I don't know if she's going to come home or not. And so when I put her on the bus, I say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. She said at 3 o'clock in the evening when I put her, when I pick her up, and she walks off that bus, I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. She said, those are the only two prayers I know. Said, so when I get to church, God has been so good to me. I can look at every one of you in here and say, God has been so good to you. And to me, he's been so good. Now, we ought to walk up in here saying, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. My mama. Lord, as I look back on last week, oh, Lord. As I look back on yesterday, oh, Lord. God is faithful. God is merciful. God is generous. And God is worthy. Praise him. Praise him. God is worthy. He's so worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, thank you. 